Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. I'm Andrew the Yo-Yo. Andrew, 14 years of age, I was 90 kilos at 14. I hovered between all sorts in my life when I was 18 and a student at college. And... Um, and I lost about a third of my body weight, and um, I, I didn't realize it, but I, I actually had anorexia before anorexia was really known about. I had anorexia, but I was a boy with it. I couldn't go past a shop window without looking in the glass and saying, I'll put a bit of weight on, find a weighing scales, and get on the weighing scales and weigh myself, check myself out, and then not eat because... I was worried I'd put weight on. Having been a big boy all my life, having, I can tell you examples of the struggle I've had. As an example, the struggle I've had with fasting. You know, they used to, um, they thought it was really good when I was in secondary school, probably the age of 13, 13, 14, something like that. The headmaster of the school took it upon himself to make sure that Andrew Fisher stayed small. And so in front of the school at at, at mealtimes, he would weigh me on the potato machine in the school canteen in front of all the other students. This is what it was like in the 1960s. And, 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 you know, I'm thinking like, you know, if that doesn't do something with your head, what doesn't do? But as I said, all my life it's been a yo yo. A yo-yo, big, small, losing weight, big, small, because I love chocolate. <laughs> I love sweets. My job was one, my early job was one of traveling around the UK, just grabbing a Mars bar, grabbing a, ba- uh, um, uh, uh, a bottle of soda or something like that. Uh, and that was my life. That was my eating style. You know, and it was only since we came to Australia like six and a half years ago that God's done something in my life and enabled me to break that willfulness in me uh, to eat and to eat and to eat and to eat the wrong things. And uh, it's only in this last six years that I've been walking each morning five, six, seven kilometers for the first hour of the day when I get up. That's my prayer time. It's my walk time. It's my fitness time. And, And praise God, I've got down now to the lowest I've probably been way lower than when we got married and that's 50 years next year but God's brought my weight down and what has all this got to do with fasting it's got a lot to do with it it's got a lot to do with it because as I walk this morning with all of this stuff that I want to share with you today I felt the Holy Spirit say to me as I walked Andrew I wrote it down when I got back on top of my notes that I've got typed out I've written on the bottom of here when I got back this morning from my walk. Holy Spirit says, don't leave me out of your message. Give me space to speak to. Because, you know, when something is not a normal subject for you to speak on, you want to pack it out with pages of stuff, pages of, 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 of interesting facts and things. And I just really sense Holy Spirit say, whoa, whoa. stop. You know, all these things are going through my mind as I walk this morning. Holy Spirit said, give me space to speak to at Grace Life this morning. 
That's why I'm talking to you in this way at the start of this message. I want to give him space to talk to you. Maybe about the things and addictions that maybe you struggle with. The things that you fight against. The things that are difficult in your life. Holy Spirit says, don't leave me out of all the stuff that you're going to share today. Let's pray. Father, I pray this morning that as I bring this word on fasting and prayer, that you will, Lord, just birth in my heart, in every heart here. Father, that willfulness to go and do this thing, to, uh, to break with tradition, to, to step out of the, out of the boat, to, to, to walk on the water, as it were, for the first time maybe, and give you a rightful place in my life, in our lives. Help us, Father, as we enter this week of recalibration, to look at where we are, where we've gone to, where we're going to. And Father, just to sort ourselves out, to seek your heart, Father, for what you want to do in this church, to seek your heart for what you want to do in our families, to seek your heart for how you want to bless your people, to seek your heart to how we reach the community around us, to seek your heart. God, give us vision. We pray in Jesus' name. To dedicate means to be devoted to a cause. To be devoted, as Pastor Alice says, to be, to be voted, devoted to Jesus. And that's where he wants us to be. To de be devoted to a purpose this morning. The purpose to, to put time aside to be intimate with Jesus during this next seven days. It also means to, to give of all of your energy and time. Uh, and to calibrate means to adjust so that that adjustment to measure something more accurately, it, it also means to check the settings. When we calibrate something, we check the settings to make sure it's right on, that, 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 that we are where we need to be, doing what God's called us to do, basically. To recalibrate means to change the way you do something. Or think about something. It also means spiritually to be intentional on seeking out God's plan and purpose for our lives. So God, in this next seven days, wants us to be devoted, to set time aside, to get close to him. As Pastor John said this morning, to be intimate with him. As we're intimate in communion, God wants us to be intimate during our walk with him this next seven days specifically. Pastor Allison shared last Sunday from Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. And in the New King James, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. All your ways with all of your heart. Dedicated, wholehearted, fasting, linked with prayer is powerful. It works. It really does. It helps us recalibrate our, our hearts and minds, focus back on, on Jesus, onto God's greatness, not our greatness. Helps us to concentrate our hearts on discovering our purpose. Why are we here? What are we doing? I asked God that recently as I walked one morning. What's it all about, Lord? I'm 72, what's it all about? You know, we're allowed to do those things. 
God was already starting to recalibrate my heart and my mind into why he's brought us here to Australia. In fact, it's an opportunity to go back to factory reset. I remember once having a, a um, I got myself a new camera years ago. And this Canon camera, which is my pride and joy, could zoom 200 times. I could see the craters in the moon with it. And I mess with it, as you do. On the menu, I mess with this camera. And suddenly, it was all over the place. And I, I just couldn't, I couldn't understand what it was telling me. It was coming up with stuff. I didn't know what to do, what, which button to press, which things to do. And then on the menu, I, sa I saw something. And it says, set back to factory reset. And I thought, oh, wonderful. And I clicked that button. And it went, Phew. And went back to the camera that I bought. What a wonderful thing. And sometimes we're like that. You know, we live our lives. We do what we do. And God says, it's time to set yourself back to the way that I made you. The heart that I gave you. The mission that I put you on. The things that I've given you to do. You know, you've, you've gone off track. You, you've done your own thing. You've gone up a side street. You've done all of these things. It's now time to get back and discover the purpose. It's time to click back to factory reset. You know, I, when we were in Spain, I had a, a real weird um, sat-nav. And we weren't used, obviously, to the country around, around us and directions to go to places. And if we had to go somewhere, I used to use the sat-nav. And um, this Spanish sat-nav was absolutely weird because it had a mind of its own. And I could sit and I could, I could plumb in where I wanted to go to and, and nine times out of ten, it would take... And Wendy would say, hang on, we've been down here before. And, and this thing was taking us up and down roads. And, but I said, well, we're supposed to be going north, but we're going south. I can't understand, you know. And this voice used to really annoy me. It says, in 200 meters, take a U-turn and go back. <laughs> I'd take a U-turn and go back, and then it would say, in 500 meters... You take a U-turn and go back. <laughs> you know, our lives can be like that. We're walking with God and we're trying to find out what he wants us to do. And he's constantly trying to, trying to, trying to you know. But his sat-nav is perfect. He knows exactly where we need to be. So rather than launching into 2024 and filling our, filling our lives with all sorts of things that, 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 that we can, can do, Maybe God's calling you to do something that you can't do in 2024. Something that's going to be hard for you to do. Something that's going to take effort and energy to do. Something that's going to really be out of your comfort zone. Maybe that's what God's calling you to do in this year of 2024. Next week, I believe, is going to give us opportunity Pastor Allison's invited everybody to join in. See, this is a, a communal fast. You know, I, that's the problem I always had with fasting, you know. Because the Bible says, take yourself off into your little room and pray. And I struggle with community fasting and prayer. You know, but there's, it's scriptural. It's there within the scripture. There's a personal fasting. There's a communal fasting. And we see that right the way through the scriptures. Sorry, I've only got 35 sheets this morning. It's okay. You know, there has to be purpose in our fasting. There has to be a reason to fast. And I guarantee every single person in this room today 
from the youngest to the oldest. And I count myself as one of the oldest. We have a reason to fast. There is a reason for you to fast. It may be for family member. It may be for health. It may be for all sorts of things. But there's a reason that God has called this right at the start of our year. There's a purpose to it. Ellenbrook, we need a new pastor here. We need a lead pastor coming. You know, God, release that person. Release that person to come. We also need people to fill specific roles within the church. God, release people into those territories that are unknown and show them exactly what you can do through them. Acts 13, 2 and 3. It's going to read this. Acts 13, 2 and 3. It talks about the disciples and their fasting. And this is fasting for releasing into ministry. Prayer and fasting to release into ministry. Acts 13, 1, and it says, Now in the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, uh, Manain, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. And verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away and off they went to Cyprus to minister. There's a fast for, for, for direction for ministry. You know, and there we have a bunch of people praying for the release of two to go on a missions trip. You know, that's, that's a reason to fast. If you're seeking God for missions, it's a reason to fast. Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Let me read this to you. Nehemiah chapter 1, once before, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hachiliah. It came to pass in the month of Chislev, in the 20th year, as I was in Sushan, the citadel, that Han and I, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who, was, who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. This is at verse 4. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Nehemiah had news from Jerusalem that the place was a mess. And it broke his heart. And because it broke his heart, he... Uh, he, he, he felt the need to, to pray and open up his heart to the Lord. You know, and, and when he, I haven't got time today to do this, but if you read on prayer, you know, he took responsibility for the, for the generations before him who had disobeyed God. That's why they were in Babylon, in exile. But he took the responsibility on for those that had gone before and said, Oh God. He said in verse 5, and I, said, and I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments, please let your ear be attentive 
and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now. That's a good prayer way to start your prayer and fasting. God, just listen to my heart. You know, God, you know we need a pastor in Ellenbrook. You, need, you know we need things. You know the needs of my family. You, need, you know the needs that, I, that we have. Lord, just break into that situation. Help me. You see, we're, we're, when we pray and fast, we don't twist God's arm to do something that we want. He moves us and maneuvers into a, into a place where we can get intimate with him, get close to him, speak to him. I haven't got time this morning to go through all of these scriptures, but in, in Ezra 8, 21, 23, the people, people prayed and fasted for protection on the journey. They'd been released to go to Jerusalem to, to, to finish off here, and, 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 uh, and the king had, had given them gifts uh, that they'd originally stolen and took into Babylon, give them gifts to take back and adorn the temple of the Lord back in Jerusalem. And, given, and, um, and Ezra had told, the, had told the king, the king said, I will give you soldiers to accompany you en route through the bandit country, basically. And Ezra said, oh, no, we don't need, we don't need anything like that. Our God is able. Our God will lead us. And they come to this place. And Ezra called them to pray and to fast for protection as they started the journey. They called all those who are going to go back with thousands upon thousands of probably millions of, of, of our dollars worth of gold and silver and items for the temple. They were just carrying with them on the, on the camel train, on the donkey train, whatever it was, taking back there. You know, sometimes we can be really brave and say, oh, I don't need anybody's help. God will help me. And you come to bandit country and think, oh, God, I wish I'd never said that. I wish he'd give me those soldiers to ride alongside me. You know, sometimes our mouths get in the way of, of what God wants to do. But Ezra knew we've got to stop here. We've got to fast and pray and get the answer. And then when God says move, we're going to move. And in 2 Chronicles 20, uh, 2 and 3, Again, a similar situation with Jehoshaphat. They've got the armies of the nations coming towards them. And there's Jehoshaphat with, his, with his, his little amount of people in comparison to who was coming against them. And there, they, 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 they proclaim a fast before they entered. And, and that was the day they didn't even have to fight. They put the musicians out of the front, in the front row, and sent the musicians out in front of their little army against the army, the, the myriads that were coming against them. You know, and they didn't have to raise the sword or a spear. They just sung their way to victory. You know, fasting and prayer, it works. Jesus fasted right at the beginning of his ministry. Again, in Matthew, we can read about it. I think it's Matthew 4. He goes into the, you know, after he'd been baptized by John, he goes into the wilderness. 40 days and 40 nights he fasted. I'm not, I'm not recommending you try a 40-day and 40-night fast unless the Holy Spirit is directing you to do that. And then seek medical advice maybe first. But, uh, but you know, you know, you know, and, and whatever, as, as Pastor Allison said, whatever you feel, you can do. And maybe a little bit more. Because a sacrifice isn't a sacrifice if it costs you nothing. Important to remember that. So Jesus fasted and prayed. We have his, um, we can follow his example uh, of doing that before we go into launch into something. Let's 
fast and pray before the God, before God. Paul fasted and prayed often. You know, we need to follow the pattern set down for us in Scripture. Uh, Paul calls us to use him as a pattern. And we read this in Philippians 3.17. He says, brethren, join in following my example. Paul used himself as an example. Follow what I've done. This is the way uh, to do it. And in 2 Timothy 11.13, he says, hold fast to the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me. You know, we have a pattern in this scripture to follow. God's given us the way, so let's follow that pattern and let's follow what God wants to, do, wants to do in our lives and move ahead in this time of prayer and fasting. You see, it's not about the fasting. It's about the intimacy with Jesus. It's about how close we can get to him. It's drawing near to him. The fasting is just the mechanism that we will use to concentrate our hearts and minds on spending time in his word. And that's mostly, that's where your direction will come from. Just like it did uh, with Nehemiah and, 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 and people like that. They, they discovered in the word and the word caused them to pray. Sometimes, you know, we can find something and say, wow, I didn't see that before. And seek it out. We find God's timing on things. Amazing what God will do. But we have a pattern here laid out in Scripture that's going to help us through our time of fasting and prayer. Use Scripture to get through that. Plan ahead if possible. You've got about six or seven hours to do that. Ask Holy Spirit to guide you. Don't just go wildly into it and, and then... At the end of the day one, think, oh, well, I messed up day one. You know, if you can, plan ahead. You know, and um, I've written in here, like, it's because sometimes we think, well, I'm going to fast food. I'm, I'm going to, not fast food. I don't mean McDonald's or Kentucky Fried Chicken or anything like that. But I, I'm going to give up a meal or, or food, whatever. And, and, and circumstances and situations get in your way that day. You know, be creative with your fast. You may say, well, I've not been able to keep that food fast today, but I can spend a time with the TV switched off this evening and get into God's word and pray and find out what he wants me to do. Be creative with your fast. Be creative with what he's given to you. Fasting isn't punishment. God's not punishing us by calling us to fast at all. You know, I, I read this recently. Fasting and prayer is where physical detox meets spiritual transformation. I'll read that again. Fasting and prayer is where physical detox meets spiritual, meets spiritual transformation. You nourish your spirit and your fears starve to death. If you nourish your spirit through the word, your fears will starve to death. But we nourish our spirit by spending time in his presence, spending intimate time with Jesus. Fasting isn't punishment. The fasting without prayer isn't really fasting. It's a diet. I know all about those. And as I said last week, a little introduction about this week, what was going to be happening. You know, I've, I've heard people say, oh great, church fast is coming up. That's going to be my kickstart to the diet. You know, I'm not calling you to kickstart your diet, church. I'm calling you to, to just get close to Jesus. Close to his heart. Let him speak to you. 
linked with prayer, we're connected to a power that can tear down walls, bring breakthrough, break chains, the guidance in areas we're seeking God's heart over. When Jesus returns, fasting will be over. This is just a temporary thing. This is just a, a, a temporary discipline while he's not here. If you, if you want to read Luke 14, 16, 17 when you get home, Jesus talks about this to his disciples because I think the disciples of John came to him and said, Master, we fast, John's disciples and, and, and the Pharisees fast, but why don't your disciples fast? And basically Jesus said to him, well, when the bridegroom's with the, with the bride, there's no need to fast. But one day, when this bridegroom is gone, they will have to fast. There is a time to it, a season to fasting. They didn't need to fast his disciples, Jesus' disciples, when he was there. But Jesus said there's a time coming when they will fast because I won't be here. I won't be here to minister into them. You see, it's, it's no use hoping for a change in this next week or this next year as we face this 2024. I remember last year, the, the word was, what do we see in 2023? Well, gosh, that year's gone so quick. What did we see in 2023? What's God opened up to your heart in 2023? Where do we take that in 2024? In Ezra chapter 1, uh, God stirred up the spirit of a pagan king to release the people to go back and to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, to rebuild the temple, to set the altar back onto its base, to restore worship again in Jerusalem. Read about it in Ezra chapter 1. God stirred the spirit of a pagan king to release God's people back from captivity, back to Jerusalem to rebuild and to restart again what had already been started. How amazing this is. And he also paid towards it. You know, how we need our government to change. How we need the hearts of those who lead us to change in this nation of Australia, in our adopted nation of Australia. How we need to see things change. God can change the heart of a pagan king. He can change the hearts of politicians and leaders in Perth and Western Australia and in the other provinces around. God can do miraculous prayer when we pray and when we fast. Our church leadership has called us to corporate prayer and fasting. The eye can't do it by itself. The foot can't do it by itself. The hand and the arm and the, and the knee and the elbow and the fingers can't do it. The head and the ears and the mouth can't do it by itself. But together, we can do amazing things. This is a wonderful opportunity. God, Grace Life needs us to work together to see God's vision as, as in the beginning of February we will have the vision for the church, our vision Sunday. God, show our leadership your heart as they give us the vision for this year that we will walk in it and see it achieved. But we all play our part to see that vision achieved. Not one person can do it, but all of us together working, you know, the hand bones connected to the arm bone and the elbow bones connected to the knee bone. I'm never very good with, uh, with stuff like that, but there you go. 
Fasting is about giving up what we feel is important to us and concentrate our hearts on what really is far more important to us. God wants to deal with your heart. He wants to deal with my heart in this next seven days, if we will allow him. It's about laying aside our natural desires to receive supernatural spiritual sustenance. There's a cost involved with fasting and prayer. David was offered, he wanted to make a sacrifice, and uh, the owner of some land where the threshing floor was, where David and his men came to, offered him the land and the implements to, to, as a, to use as a burnt offering, and, and the oxen and everything there. And, and he said, have it, King David. Have this land, have this area, have this place for the offering. And what was David's response? He said, a sacrifice that cost me nothing is not a sacrifice. And church... As we enter this week of prayer and fasting, a sacrifice that doesn't cost you is not a sacrifice. So don't think about giving up something that's easy to give up. I'll say that again. Don't think about giving up something that's easy to give up. If we want to give something up, let's give up something that hurts. Something that we really love doing. Something that we have a, a real connection with. And let's just spend that time that we would have doing that as we consider it, as we consider the fast. Ask God to reveal to you what to do. Make it personal. Surrender your will to his and do whatever he asks. He asks wholeheartedly, with my whole heart. There are a number of different kinds of fasts in Scripture. I'm not going to go there. Just Google it. Say, Google, what's a Daniel fast? What can I eat and drink? Ask Google what biblical fasting is about. You'll have far more than I can give you this morning. You want some ideas? Ask God. Lord, what can I do to fast? There are many ways to fast. Daniel fast is probably a good one. It's a partial fast. You just eat vegetables and drink water. Yuck. <laughs> I'm not telling you what I'm going to do. I'm not telling you what I'm going to do next week. <laughs> Maybe it's you want to fast from social media, from TV, gaming. Remember, it's to abstain from something. Um, it, it, it's, if it's too easy to abstain, rather, from something you love, uh, it, it's not really a sacrifice. So choose something that you're going to struggle with, something that you need God's help over. But don't do anything stupid and silly. If you're on medication, be careful. If you've got sicknesses and problems with your health, be very careful. Yeah, don't test God. Just get close to him. See what he wants you to do. Jeremiah 29 verses 12 to 13 basically says, Then you will call upon me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with your whole all of your heart. See, fasting and prayer is a of wholeheartedness. We see this in Daniel 9, 1 to 3. What provoked Daniel to pray? Reading the scripture did. Finding out about what was happening. Finding out that it was time. You know, he experienced a light bulb moment in God and sought God regarding his word. And then breakthrough came and he received prophecy and vision for the future. Read about those visions in, in, uh, in Daniel chapter 9 and chapter 10. 
He did a, a shorter fast and a three-week fast there, partial fasts. At this time of fasting and prayer, we'll give every one of us opportunity to break away from the normals of our life. If we keep on doing what we've always done, we'll keep on getting what we've always got. This is a great opportunity to dedicate, recalibrate, reassess where we are on our journey with Father. And Father wants us close. I really believe, and Pastor Allison said the same myself, that we believe in that this is a year of breakthrough. Believing breakthrough is going to come in 2024. For many of you, if we're prepared to give him space, he's going to do some amazing things. I heard it said once, fasting will teach your soul who is really in control. Fasting will teach your soul who is really in control. You see, it's a battle of the will. I'm going to wind up very shortly, so don't panic this morning. Remember what Jesus said when he went into the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples? He asked them to stay there and pray, and he moved out a little way from them and prayed. His prayers weren't quiet. Oh, oh, oh God. What should I do? He cried out in a loud voice. He could be heard for a way around. And what did Jesus say during that time where he prayed? Father, not my will, but your will be done. What a great prayer for our week of fasting and prayer. Not my will, Lord. Not what I want to do. It's not about me. It's about you. Help me to break out of this selfish attitude of my heart that I can just get close to your heart. Just like Abraham was willing to surrender Isaac, his son, as a sacrifice, just like Moses was surrendered to the River Nile, to whatever would happen to the little basket with the baby in Just like Samuel was surrendered by his mother to serve God in the temple. The child that she had longed for all her life. God, give me a child. And if you give me the child, I will give him back to you. Sacrifice. A battle of the will. Abraham, I'm sure in his heart, torn apart inside. God, I can't. His natural self is, I can't, I can't do I can't sacrifice my son. What will people think about you, God? I can think about the things he would say. What will people think about you? Well, they, you, they, they see you've called me to sacrifice my son, but he was willing to fulfill it because he trusted his God that much. Moses' mum said, put him in a basket and leave him in the Nile. You know, the most crocodile-infested river probably in the world. But God had a plan for Moses. But she had to surrender her will to the will of With Samuel, he was surrendered back to God because God wanted somebody who would hear his voice at that time and bring the nation back to himself. All of these loving parents had to let go so God could do the miraculous in their lives, in their family. It, there was an exchange of wills that led to breakthrough. It'll be no different next week as we surrender our will to him. 2 Chronicles 7, 14 basically says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and it goes on. 
It doesn't say if the politicians or world leaders or those in authority over us will pray. Scripture clearly places the responsibility of the healing of our land on you and me, on us, his church, his people. Squarely on our shoulders this morning, the willingness to pray and see change. If you're one of his people and you are called by his name, will you humble yourself and will you pray? Will you see victory? in our situation, in our land, in our church. In many ways, we are our biggest enemy. It's not the devil. We blame him for so much. Oh, the devil made me do it. devil stopped it. I had a plan, but the devil stopped it. You know, no one can stop God using me but me. And no one can stop God using you but you. Lord, help us in this time of prayer and fasting to refocus on you and what you can do and not what we can do. If we're going to accomplish anything significant for God in our lifetime, we'll experience opposition, often from our own will. I can't do that. It's too big for me. I've not got the experience. Think about Moses when God said, go and lead my people back. Talk properly. Oh, send somebody else. You know, if you're in that position today, if you're asking God to send somebody else because you feel inadequate, what a, what a great way to break through in prayer and fasting. God, show me that in my inadequacy, you are more than adequate to do what you want to do in my life. God is a God of purpose. Everything he creates has a purpose. You and I were created with purpose in his mind. What purpose has God got for Grace Life Church in 2024? Where do you fit into the purpose Father has for you in our fellowship here? Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we are his workmanship, his masterpiece, his poem. We are here for a reason. God does not make mistakes. God does not make mistakes. And I'm too old at 72, 73 this year, to mess around. I really am. I'm too old to mess around. I want to know what God's heart is for me. I want to know what God really wants me to do and what he set before me. And I want to follow what he says. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. That's my prayer as we start this week of prayer and fasting. God, I'm going to call to you and I know you will answer me. Church, may 2024 be the year we fully walk in the purpose that God has for our lives. Let's make these next seven days count for something. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, for the encouragement we get from your word. I thank you for the pattern we get from your word so we can follow. Father, we don't do this blindfolded. We do it, Father, knowing that when we draw close to you, you're there just waiting for us to come, waiting for us to open our mouths and pray. Father, I pray, I pray for the whole church body here this morning, that, Father, we will rise up as we will stand, Father, to seek the vision. Father, we might write it down and make it plain.
that, Father, this year of 2024 will be the greatest year of breakthrough we have ever experienced as a church, we've ever experienced as families. Oh, God, do a work in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.